We do want to welcome you again to the Junction Church live stream. Glad you could join with us. Uh, as always, um, there's a virtual offering plate. You can find that on our website under the Give button, or you can uh, simply text the word Junction Church, one word Junction Church, to the text number 77977, and that'll bring you to our giving page. And uh, uh, with that, we are excited to have Marg with us today, sharing with us. Uh, Marg is one of those speakers that every time she speaks, I always walk away with a bunch of notes and a whole bunch of sermon ideas, because uh, God always speaks powerfully through her, and so super stoked to have uh, Marg with us today. Good morning. It's good to see everybody this morning. I think I'm just going to move this mic just a little bit my way. There we go. <clears throat> so thank you for the praise and worship. That was, thank you, praise and worship team. It's always good to come together. And <clears throat> I hope that you really benefit from when we do these prayers, when we seek God's face, and that you really encounter him because that's your growth. That's what changes everything in your life. When he speaks to you, when you encounter him. <clears throat> Am I on? Yeah. yeah. Okay. And so this has been a very different year and a half, hasn't it? It's been an unusual year. It's probably been a year that you've never experienced things like this before. It's probably been a very hard year for a lot of people, a very painful year. Um, probably lots of loss, but this is also a time where people have been isolated, so there's people that feel that they're alone. So I really believe making this connection with God, like we were just practicing, changes everything. It's, this is the secret place. God is teaching us how to connect, how to attach, how to receive in the secret place, and that can be anywhere, anytime. It's just an inward focus. We all inwardly focused, we focused, we gave our attention to God, and we allowed him to bring something to the light that happened this week. You know, there's something every day, and there's something every week that you go through that you need to redirect your attention and your focus to God. You need to find him in that place, because he changes it. Otherwise, that gets put in your, gets put in your computer, and what happens is it just gets built on, and it becomes bigger. And God wants to take that out because that's not your DNA. That's not his reality. It might have been the reality of what you experienced. <clears throat> this week, I, like God was showing me in this attention and focus was, um, I went through something this week that I had to give to God because I felt like it came to a real low. But he also brought me out of it. But I, it was really interesting. I said, God, what, did you call, what do you call that? And he said, disheartened. Because there's some, there was something happening in my world that disheartened me. And so to sit there, because he brought me out of it, but have him actually name it and then say, I turn everything for good. You were disheartened, but don't lose heart. Believe in me. I turn everything for good. And he held me and he comforted me before even Jesse said that. We need to daily live in that place of being comforted. It is very real. The Holy Spirit is the comforter. God is the God of all comfort. If we don't allow God to comfort us, we're just going to bring a superficial comfort to people. It's going to be nice. It's going to be the comfort of the world. But the inward heart is never going to change. And the, the things that happen will never stop because there's never been an inward change. So I'm really believing that God is doing a great work in this 
time that we are, we may feel like it's locked down, but God is unlocking the hearts. He's unlocking those places where we go to and we think the same things over and over. You see, when you encounter him in one of those places, you don't think like that anymore. Even if it would happen again, that's not your reality because you're growing, you're maturing. He's, he gives you fruit. Like he gave me a hug and he gave me his goodness. So his goodness and his kindness leads you to repent. It leads you to change your mind. And that's what we got to find in every circumstance, every hard place that we find ourselves in. And so there's been a lot of fear in this time, hasn't there? I mean, you just have to listen to the news. You just have to go on Facebook. There's a lot of fear, and fear is being voiced. And the thing is, if we don't take those fears one by one to God and give him our attention and our focus and let him name what it is, it can be doubt and unbelief, whatever it is, he wants to cast out that fear with his love. But if we just let that be a reality, we talk about love, and, but we let fear come, we become double-minded. Just, we just get tossed back and forth all the time. So this is a season to really let God love you. And this is the season, I don't know if you noticed about the worship songs, but they had a progression, and it was, it was God, you are, so we were declaring who he is, and then we were saying, and you're here, you never leave us or forsake us. And then because he's here, we see him. He's father. He's smiling. He's happy. He's rejoicing over you. you but it's something that's not here. It's here. It's with your heart and your spirit. You enter into, you actually experience. The head can't encounter or experience, but the spirit can because we're spirit to spirit. So this is the season that we're in. And when God seems to like to talk to me about um, trains and ships, and when he gave me this picture a um, long time ago, he said, every one of those railway ties is a tie. And it's a tie to the past. And it's your faith going forward that's going to break the ties of the past. See, even having that encounter this morning, that was breaking a tie of the past in this week so that you could go forward by faith, so that you came into his reality. You weren't dragging that lie with you, with you anymore, what you thought was your reality. You came into a new reality in your encounter today, and so now you're going forward in faith. And so this is an awesome practice. Don't, don't ever think, well, that's nice, because that's nice leaves you stuck. That's nice leaves you in a repetitious cycle and pattern of the things that are really upsetting you, never changing, because change begins with you. It begins with your yes. It begins with, here I am, here's the yes, and yeah, I'm going to walk into that process, and I, I want to experience you. So whenever I see this, God's always saying, are you all in? Are you all aboard? And this is the unknown. This is what faith looks like. It goes into the unknown. It's a risk of faith. We can't have everything planned. Who planned COVID? <laughs> but God was speaking before COVID. I can guarantee you he was because he gave me this just before COVID, the end of December. And he was speaking to us right at the beginning of COVID to be still and know I am. This is really a season to know him, isn't it, intimately. So, and the reset, everybody's reset's been different, right? He's been realigning you. And so God wants us to set our faith in motion today and no matter what our faith is, we f if we feel like we have no faith, you have a mustard seed that can move mountains. You just think you have no faith. That's, that's not a true reality. You need people to come alongside of you and say, 
It's the faith of God. It's not your faith. Maybe the whole thing was for you to think you have no faith because it's not about your faith. Everything's a gift. It's his faith. It's his faith in you. So how could there, really when we think about it, if we have a shipwreck of faith, it's because we haven't let him, his faith, come into us. We've been walking in our faith. And so sometimes there is a shipwreck of faith because that's where we find out he's the faithful one. I've been trying to do the faithful stuff, but it didn't work. So there's no way that your faith, you can lose your faith. There's no way you can lose your beliefs. God's just saying, how's that working for you? <laughs> Only believe me, believe my word. Believe, believe everything that you heard from God when you went through this prayer encounter. Believe that and every day will set you towards the future. Every day will fill you with hope. Every day you will move forward even into the unknown and it won't be fearful. It won't be scary because we sang it. God, you are, and God, you're here, and we see you. You never leave me nor forsake me. So I really believe that this is a season to come together. This is a season of divine connections because sometimes, sometimes you're too broken to stand up. Sometimes you're too hurt. Sometimes you're stuck. Sometimes you're in a place where we... And I, I believe God allows it to happen because I believe God wants us to be the body, one body. And I think sometimes we can just be too independent. We can just be too strong, especially if you've had a whole bunch of bad stuff happen in your life. You become a very strong person. And that won't work because that's called independence. And God wants us to be so dependent on him, so attached, so connected that we are this way too. Sometimes... Sometimes when there's really bad things that happen, we need people to come alongside us and hold us up. And so who are your divine connections? Who, who's your bubble in this time? Who are they? Because they will bring life to you. They will lift you up. They will define you with the truth. They will build you up. A wise woman builds her house. A wise woman builds the church. A wise woman builds the body of Christ. A wise woman speaks to herself and builds herself up. And so who's your bubble? Jesus had 12. So maybe all these ministries that are shut down, you can't go to the nations. Maybe it's because God says, have we really focused on our 12? Have we lived for the one that's in front of us? Have we just, just start with your family. Have we lived for our family or was ministry number one? When we closed down our church, God said to me, ministry destroys relationships. Your relationship will be as deep as how you want to minister. But you won't reach hearts. You won't have a re relationship of hearts, a really deep spirit-to-spirit, heart-to-heart connection. So there's been a lot of letting go of ministry right now, hasn't there? I really believe it's a good thing. So who's in your bubble? And so when I, when I first started going to church, um, I was so full of fear. I was a brand-new Christian when I was 40, and I walked into the church, and um, I would be paralyzed with fear, just absolutely paralyzed with fear. And so I said, God, what do I do? Like, this, this is like, this is such a fearful thing for me. Like, never mind, I did not feel like I belonged. I did not feel like I fit. But I was so paralyzed with fear, I couldn't even name what they were. They were just like, there was too many of them. And so God said to me, I want you to focus on one person. I'll give you one every week. And so... That taught me to come in the church through the doors and always say to God every time, who's the one? Who's the one today? 
Who is it, Papa? Because then it's not self-focused. The Message Bible says self-focus is a dead-end street. But when you focus on other people, it's a river because you're pouring out even of what you think you don't have. And that's what makes the river flow. It's not waiting to feel you're full of life. It's not waiting for all your feelings and emotions to line up. It's just saying, yes, God, here I am. Send me, give me one. There's always one. There's always a phone call, an email. Someone comes to your door. You go at the house. There's always one person. And so focus on that. And so that's been my life. And then God gave me people one by one to see them, not to minister to them, but to reconcile them to Papa's love to put their hand in the hand of God so that they open up their heart and they say yes to the Father, so they know the Father. That they not, they're not walking around thinking, well, I did that message, I said that word, I'm saved from hell, oh, now I'm going to live like hell. No, you take them and you, this is your Father. You, you're, you were lost and you didn't even know it. Your daddy's been looking for you. He's so happy that you've come home. He's overjoyed. He's been waiting for you. You see, every person needs to know the love of daddy because we, we were born to be loved, but we weren't all born into places where we were truly loved. And so we all carry some things in our hard drive. We all carry some things of the past where we weren't fully loved, fully accepted, fully welcomed, fully approved, all these things that we can only find in God the Father. And so God's saying, will you be that one person for the one person in your life? And then he'll give you many. You know, um... This isn't about fixing people. This isn't about, oh, I know their sins. I know what's wrong with them. You will miss the mark because you're looking at the mark. <laughs> Jesus looks through eyes of love. The Father looks through eyes of love, eyes of light. In his light, we see light. If all I can see is darkness in people's lives, I'm not in the light. I'm looking at darkness. So I've got to get what we said, this prayer. I've got to get my attention back on Jesus. I have to focus on Jesus and make him my center because he sees, he sees his seed. He sees children. And so this is where God has us. And so when he brings you one person, the first thing I have found is just be their friend. Just simply be a friend. Jesus was a friend to the disciples before anything, before ministry, he just, they, he just wanted to know you belong. It wasn't what they believed. He didn't beat them up for what they didn't believe because th most of the time they didn't believe what Jesus believed. They were really messed up. So it's not about, I need to fix this person and they need to believe what I believe. Then everything will be good. No, it's about friendship. Now, not everybody's going to act like a friend, so look for the ones that are hungry. Look for the ones that are thirsty. Don't pour your love out on someone that doesn't want to connect, someone that doesn't want to attach, someone that doesn't want to be one body, one church. Pour your love out on the hungry, the thirsty, the ones that are looking for more of God. All they want is God. That's the one, and it's going to be different for every person in here. And so when God gives me people, I just sit with them. I sit with them, it, I sit with them where they are, not like Job's friends. <laughs> I sit with them. I just listen to their life story because you don't know my life story. The only way you would know my life story is to sit with me and hear my heart. You don't know anything about me, really. You know probably this much. So I sit with them, and I just listen. I listen to the good, the bad, and the ugly, never wanting to fix them, just wanting to listen. 
and I wait on Holy Spirit, my attention and my focus is on Jesus so I can connect and attach them. I can be the connector. I can be the one that stops. Yes, I'm listening to this, but I'm the one that's focused on Jesus when I'm listening to them. And I, so I can get a word, just like we all heard from God. We all had an encounter this morning with God. We all were touched by God. Maybe you were hugged by God. He said, he said something to you that's of faith that will forever change you. And I can guarantee you, if you're like me, you have to hear it again and again and again and again because that seed has to grow. And so we were standing and we're listening. And I'm telling you, God always says something wonderful about the person that you're with. It's always his reality. It's not the reality of what they're in, even though they think that defines the reality. They think that defines who they are. But he will give you, and he'll give you something to them as a gift that they can make a divine exchange. Isaiah 61 is all about a divine exchange. If you sit with someone in despair long enough, God will give you words that are joy, He'll give you something that's praise so that they can get rid of clothing that's despair, weightiness. He'll give you something to give to them until they learn to do it themselves. But we even need to, even though we can be mature Christians, we still need to do that for each other where we are now because some days it just, it's overwhelming. Some days there's a few things on your plate that you're handling and then some days the whole plate's so full it's just tipping over. That's called, I need the body of Christ. I need people to hold me up. I need people that care, that reconnect me, reattach me, refocus me so that my heart is receiving, my spirit is receiving, my soul is receiving, the place where our feelings and our emotions are, are being healed, that we're not led or driven by our emotions or our feelings, but we're led and driven by the truth of who he says we are. He defines us, not our emotions and not our feelings. He still honors them because you have to bring them to the light. And what you bring to the light will be made manifest, it will be made light, he will heal it. But you can't make somebody do that. You just walk with them. You're their friend, we're not, we're not here to fix people. And so even I have a friend who is like 20 years old, now I'm with the third generation, the next generation, I'm a grandma now. Instead of being a spiritual mom, I'm a spiritual grandma to people. And to come and sit with them and listen to them and be such good friends with them that you can go for coffee with them. And then I'm running out the door and I say, God, do you have a word for this person? So I write down the word and I'm like, oh, I don't even have time to look in my Bible for that or get a scripture or nothing. So I look it up in the dictionary on Google. Okay, that's what it means. Okay, write it down, run out for coffee. We sit there and we're, I'm just listening to her story. I'm listening to the good, the bad, and the ugly. I'm just listening because I care. People need to be understood. You need to understand where I've come from. You need to understand what I've gone through. And so she's talking, and all of a sudden I went, oh, I've got a word for you. And so, because she said something that triggered the word, and I opened up my journal, and I said, this is for you. Now, everybody in here could probably say, well, that's a sin. She laughed, and she giggled, and she said, yes, God's been speaking to me about that. It's so awesome. You see, that's conviction to believe how good God is and that that's not going to define her. But you see, law wants to say, sin, what are you going to do about it? I mean, the blood of Jesus wasn't enough. <laughs> Jesus living you is not enough. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Because everything about religion and law is what I must do to clean myself up. God's going, 
No, it's me living in you that changes everything. I'm light, I'm truth, I'm love. It's not law or religion that can, can help you. And so, and then we're in the conversation and she brought something else up and she's making some decisions about the future. You know, young people, they're all looking for love. They're all, they're all looking for a mate. They're all looking for their future and they're thinking, oh, I want somebody in my life. And I'm, and I'm sitting there and, and I've got mama's heart and I'm getting a little, I'm getting a little concerned. And, the, and, and I'm, I'm just sitting there and so I listen, 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 listen. And then she says something. See, I wait for the open door. I don't barge into anybody's heart. I wait for an open door. And she said something that opened the door of her heart. And I said, oh, I said, those are all really good things. Those are all normal things that every Christian wants. Those are the desires of your heart that God absolutely wants to fulfill. But I really believe God wants to build a really solid foundation for you right now. And she goes, yes. And she's wearing a necklace with three stones on it, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You see, I've brought this person, and other people have brought this person, spiritual mothers and fathers, have brought this person to a place where they hear God, they encounter God, they have the flow of Holy Spirit in their life. No one has to tell them they're bad, evil, wicked, or they need to change something. They're hearing God. So guess what she wants to do already? Multiply herself. Send me, send me, send me, send me to the nations, send me. Why? Because she knows how to activate people's spirit to connect into the Father's heart. So, you know, I used to go into the bank all the time and it would say, we're better together. The Kootenai Credit Union, we always had a sign, says better together. And I'd look at that and I'd say, God, when is this going to happen? Because <laughs> this is the truth that the world knows. When is it going to happen in the church? Well, you know what I found out? It's your bubble. It's the 12. It's the few. It's the two. This is the joint of connection. Might be two people. Might be two people that are a safe place for you. They don't let you stay where you are. They don't try to fix you, but they always lift you up. They inspire you, not just merely to thrive, but to flourish. God wants us to bear, bear fruit. And so even in these last few weeks, I've had people speaking into my life. I, I was with a few friends this week, and one person sitting across from me was humility, and the other person sitting beside me was innocent to evil. And then I felt like, okay, Jesus, you're kissing me. Because I'm prophetic, and I can see in the spirit realm some pretty nasty things, but you're redirecting my attention, my focus, to innocent, to evil, and to humility, and to say, by the grace of God, I could be in that place too, and I have been in that place, to remind me, wait a minute, let's redirect your attention and your focus to his reality, who he is, who God is, not what's wrong in the spirit realm. Because if you're prophetic, it's really easy to look into the spirit realm and see some pretty nasty stuff. We are better together as one body. But find your two to begin with. Find your joints of connection. Each one supplies. This is about a flow. This is what tears down hierarchy. This is what says, I've got something for you. I'm the gift of God to you. And you're the gift of God to me. Let's flow. Let's just give life to each other. Let's believe in each other. Let's lift each other up. Let's not anybody just... I, I want to sit with people until they stand. Then I want to walk with them until they fly. So they multiply themselves. And that's, if you want to harvest and you think it's going to come in the doors, it's not going to happen. It's a both and. You're coming here so that you can go out there. And it's who you affect out there that's going to affect the world. And so I really believe that's where we are. And I believe that when you're in a relationship like that, even with two people, there's a, 
there, we've been here, I'll say 2,000 years. How long have we heard about offense? Unforgiveness. Judgment. And we hear it and we go, yeah, I've heard that. I've heard that. Now, you know, so-and-so's message was even better, actually, about it. You know, so, because it was really good. But I'm telling you, if it, did, if it didn't help you let go of offense, if it didn't help you let go of judgment, it's still here. You see, we need the body of Christ that let's stand together and let's reject offense. Let's stand together and reject judgment. That's not who Jesus is. That's not who I am. I'm not going to let the slanderer, the accuser, the categorizer, the one who labels, I'm not going to let him define who I am, my reality. I'm gonna, this is a fight of faith to believe, God, I know what you said who you are. I know what you said who I am. And I know what you said who they are. Now, you can't affect everybody, but you can slowly start to multiply. Get two people and take a stand. We're going to take a stand. We're not going to let. Judgment does not make happy people. Judgment makes very miserable people. It's not God. And there's no room in your heart for God where there's a place of judgment or offense. And so, God, I just thank you, God, that you are bringing those things to the light. I take authority over them. I thank you, Lord, that they're coming to the light. They're being manifested. They're being made light because you want to heal that brokenhearted place. And I just, I thank you in advance, Father. Of course, I forgot the whole next one. So this is what God, this is a prophetic word over the body of Christ. This is about the attachment. This is a connection. I hear God saying there's some things in your life that seem to be tangled knots. It seems to be a ball of string. But if you look closely, you'll see that it's not a ball at all, but a tangled mess. And it's attached to a silver cord of redemption, purpose in your life. What if I'm giving you a greater line, a greater liberty, a greater leeway that's never, never disconnected from me? What if there's a cord attached, but that cord is a cord of life attached to me for my purpose in your life? You see, when we attach to people, we're going to find our purpose because they go into the promised land together. Nobody goes in alone. We go into the promised land together. When we are attached to him, we will attach this way. We will flow. And God's going to give you divine connections that you would not choose. He's not saying, do you like, do you like that person? He's going, oh, good, you don't? Oh, that's a perfect place for me to work in your heart. I like him. So you were born into a family that you had no choice. You didn't say, well, I picked the family because that was the best one. God said, no, you had no choice. I put you in that family. Now, if it didn't turn out the way that you wanted, there was an open door for the enemy. And he could have come in 20 generations ago. God's saying, but when I determined family for you, I determined family like my family, who I am, that we never divide or separate, that we're always committed to one another. We're always together. We never separate. We're never disconnected. God's given us a silver cord of redemption. You sang about it. You sang about it. Troy said, do you believe the words you sang? Do you believe that your Redeemer lives, that he can redeem? So let the redeemed of the Lord say so. And so this is a season about attaching yourself to God, attaching yourself to the body of Christ and if it's, if it's been a, a tangled mess, <clears throat> say to God, I thank you that you're the one that can straighten out messes. Sometimes things are just a mess, but he comes in. 
And he knows how to bring mountains down. He knows how to raise valleys. If you're depressed, suppressed, oppressed, he can come into your life and you can stop cycling and living there in that low place. And he can come and make crooked places straight. Crooked places are, crooked places are, I believe this, that God's love, I can't stand that person. And God goes, that's a crooked place. I want to make that straight. You can't stand what they're doing. I totally understand that. But he says, I really like them and I love them. In fact, I'm with them as much as I'm with you. And so God, God wants to heal those places. And so I really believe that... Um, yeah, I'm going to skip that one. I really believe that this is the key. When we practice the presence of God this morning, Holy Spirit is the key, the comforter. The spirit of truth is the key to all change. If you want any change in your life, the key is your heart, nobody around you. The key is never your spouse's heart changing. The key is never the church changing. The key is never the pastor changing. It's always about your heart first. So it's letting God change our heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it's expedient for you that I go away. For if I do not go away, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he's come, he will convict the world concerning sin, concerning righteousness and concerning judgment, concerning sin because they do not believe in me, concerning righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more, concerning judgment because the prince of this world is judged, I have many things yet to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, he, the spirit of truth, is come. He will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak from himself, but he shall hear, hear that shall he speak and will show you things to come. He will hear God. He'll hear the Father. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine, and he shall show it unto you, and all things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he shall... Take of mine and show it unto you. Did that happen this morning to you this morning? Did Holy Spirit take of what is God's and show it to you? Whether it was a touch or an experience, a thought, a word, an impression. You see, the comforter comes. We all need this is the season of the comforter. If we can't bring the comforter to people, because after COVID, we have to know. We bring the presence of God. We bring Holy Spirit. We bring the comforter. Because after this COVID's over, guess what everybody's going to need? The brokenhearted. Guess what they're going to need? The comforter. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. Why? So that you'll believe in him. See, God showed up for me earlier. He said, you were dis disheartened. So I've come to convict you. I've come to change your mind. So that you'll believe in me. I'm good. I turn everything for good. What you see is disheartening you. You're seeing in the natural. It's made you disheartened. God goes, I've shown up to convict you to believe in me. See, law and religion thinks I need to show up in someone's heart, in someone's life, to convict them how bad, evil, and wicked they are. Holy Spirit only shows up with the goodness and kindness of God. Holy Spirit never shows up to prove to you that you're a sinner for how bad you are. Holy Spirit comes to convict you to believe, not condemn. 
to believe in Christ, to believe in the finished work of the cross. God won't put on any, on anything on you that he took off at the cross, but sometimes we brought a suitcase, and we still believe it. We brought it with us. It's something from the past. We still think like that. So he's coming to convict us. I want to take that. I want to take that away. I want to make a divine connection. I want to give you the oil of joy for mourning. I want to give you garments of praise for that heaviness. I'm convicting you. I've got a gift for you. I give you my son. I give you every good and perfect gift. Jesus died on the cross believing with joy that we would be reconciled to our Father. Not that we'd be condemned and convicted how bad we are. Sin is no more. It has no dominion. Jesus shed his blood. So we need to be convicted every day, it says, of righteousness because I go to my Father. Are you convicted every day that you have a righteous relationship? Because your feelings and emotions can make you feel that you're a bad person or you can get really good at being a good person and know who you think is a bad person, <laughs> unrighteous. God hates it when we oppress people. He calls it wickedness. He hates it. He hates people to be oppressed. We, we're supposed to believe in them, not oppress them. So are you convicted that you have a righteous relationship on your worst day? Because he said, when you're mourning, I've got the oil of joy. Mourning sounds like a pretty bad day. And he's not convicting you, you bad griever, you bad mourner. Can't you see what's the matter with you? Can't you see the price I paid? He's going, I got a gift for you. I got a gift for you. I love you so much. I've got some freedom. I've got some truth that's going to make you free. That's how good he is. That's how wonderful he is. He wants to convict us that we have a righteous relationship on our worst day. We're thinking the worst thoughts about ourselves, him or others. And he goes, that's not true, but I'm going to bring a greater reality. And he never disconnects. He is relationship. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit can never be divided. He can never be divided from relationship with us. No matter on the worst day we feel so alone, abandoned, that he is not here. He's gone away. He never leaves. He never left him in the garden. Where are you? Where are you? Sometimes we're hiding in shame. Sometimes we're hiding in people blaming us, scapegoating us. You've got to come out from these places. You've got to come out from the places that we hide to receive the gift, to know that he's never left us. He never leaves us or forsakes us. So spirit of truth comes to convict us to believe, and the truth makes us free, and um, that's how Holy Spirit guides us into all truth. This morning, we were guided into truth. We broke one of those railway ties from the past, from this week, and now we have faith to move forward. So God says there's no weapon formed against you shall prosper. What if we as the body of Christ came alongside each other and we said there's no weapon formed against you that's going to prosper? What's been formed against you? What has tried to define your image? What has formed you and said this is who you are? Can we come and stand? Can we say it first for ourselves that no weapon formed against me shall prosper and every tongue that rises up in judgment to condemn me, I condemn. I condemn judgment. I condemn self-judgment. I condemn self-condemnation because now there is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. So I was feeling condemned. Did I really do something wrong? Probably. <laughs> it wasn't life, really. That's how I know it wasn't life. It's not being convicted to feel bad. You're being convicted to believe this is who you really are. 
My mercy's new every morning. We must need mercy new every day if it's new every morning. Did we receive our mercy this morning? So no weapon formed against you shall prosper. And so <clears throat> I really felt like when I was putting this together, Dan walked by me and he said, don't let people outside your bubble define who you are. This is so important right now. That is a weapon formed against you. It's people in your bu bubble that are convicted to believe. They bring the spirit of truth. They bring life. They confirm your identity. They are confirming Christ in you, your hope of glory. They are drawing Christ out of you. See, either Christ is being formed in you or the devil with slander and accusation and categorizing is forming you. And we can't go to that. We've got to go, okay, God, you paid the price for this. So no weapon formed in you. So we have to awake. And what we're doing is every time that God shows up this morning, we're awakening in his image and likeness. This bad thing that happened this week tried to define me. But this is truly who I am. I'm loved. His goodness and kindness showed up. I'm hugged with comfort. Okay, you were disheartened for this one moment, this one day. That's not who you are. That's your emotions and your feelings. God says, give, make no weapon of your emotions and your feelings formed against you shall prosper. If they're trying to take you out of the reality of his emotions and his feelings. Because the emotions and the feelings of law and religion and the world will want to take you out. Those lies want to take you out. No weapon, no lie formed against me shall prosper. And every tongue that would rise up, so every tongue of self-judgment. So we're in this season where we're not going to allow each other to be defined by a lie or a wound, by emotion or a feeling. We're going to rise up together, we're going to stand together, we're going to walk together, and we're going to fly together. Those things can't prosper. So if no weapon can prosper, what prospers? Christ prospers in you. No weapon can prosper. So just think of your life. What weapons have been formed against me? They cannot prosper. Christ prospers. No weapon can be greater than God or bigger than God. That makes God really small. He's greater. So I really believe that what God wants us to do is he just wants us to come like this. Yes, Lord, break my heart for what breaks yours. What breaks his heart when we believe lies about ourselves, lies about him, lies about others? Break my heart because he wants Christ to spill out. He wants a river to spill out. He wants us to know that we're formed in Christ, that lies and wounds have not formed us. Even people that would condemn us have not formed us. That is not the truth. He wants us to turn away from those things and look to Jesus. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. How can our faith fail? How? How can our beliefs fail? Did he stop believing? Did he stop having faith? He died believing on the cross. It's just that we fell in a pit. We believed it. It was greater. And God says, I want to say something to you. I'm always faithful. And he won't, you know what he won't do? He won't point at your broken faith, your broken beliefs. He'll point at who he is in you and draw that out. God says, God says, he wants us to know who he is and who we are. And he wants light to shine out of darkness. And that's, he wants light, the, out of darkness, light shall shine forth. We are not darkness. God is not light to us. We are not Old Testament people. We are light, and he wants light to shine out of us. People that look at us should say, that's a child of light. And you know why they'd say that? Because I know my father's light, and I know I'm a daughter of light. So when the fiery weapons come, and the weapons come, they just go ping, ping. They get consumed by the fire, by the light. The truth just 
just hits your shield and it dissolves because it has nowhere to land. God wants to illuminate the knowledge of the glory of God, your intimacy with God, your knowing him. Not this. Not this. Never this. That was crucified on the cross on Golgotha, place of the skull. See, what happened this morning is my skull got crucified again because I'm thinking disheartened, and God goes, yeah, but my heart never thinks that. I'm full of light and truth. I never think disheartened. I never think disappointed. I never think shamed. I love you. And so Jesus is, Christ is the treasure in these earthen vessels, right? It's Christ in us, our hope of glory. And so we need that attachment with Holy Spirit. We need that umbilical cord with Holy Spirit that we are never disconnected, that we are always attached to the flow of Holy Spirit, that we never feel alone, abandoned, and so this is the anointed body. This is living life for the well-being of others. So that, that's it. I'm just saying that take your divine connections, take your bubble. If it's two people, that's good. That's wonderful. If it's more, I've got a few circles happening. I've got people that show up in my life, and they, I've got someone that shows up in my life on this shoulder as sees the day, and I've got someone that shows up in my life on this shoulder as sees the day to the power of ten, they scare the hell out of me. <laughs> I'm like, Lord. And he's going, yeah, you need them. Because I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like, I've got a laid back, you know, like I'm, I'm like, yeah, I, yeah, we need to do something. Yeah, we need to do that. And then there's some people that say, we need to do that right now. And so we need both. We need to come into the center, right? And so no weapon formed against you shall prosper. That's how we show up in people's lives. We're activating Christ in them. We're activating life in them. We're activating the attachment. We're activating the place that they know that they know that they're a child of God. And we're bringing the spirit of truth and we're bringing them to the place where they're free. They're made free and that they are born to be loved. Show up in every person's life and just live in that place with them that they are born to be loved. And in him we live, in Christ we live, in Christ we move, in Christ we have our being. Christ lives in us. Practice that attachment. Where are, you, where are you moving in me right now, Lord? How are you living in me right now? How do you want to, how do you want to manifest yourself as you live in me right now? That's what these, when we do these things in the morning. And so we live, we're living with Christ in us. And we're alive to Christ because he lives in us. And so we live by his faith. So it's really important to know that you are moving forward by the faith of God. And you move forward with other people better than you do independent or alone. So just say, God, I want to be so attached to you in every moment that I can hear your voice. I want to practice hearing your voice. I want to practice receiving from you. And then I want to be the place, I want to be the vessel that gives it away. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. You are. I know who you are. I know who I am. I know you're here. And I have the Father's love to give. And so I bless you. I say, Father, I thank you that there is no weapon formed against us that shall prosper. And that, Lord, that you are condemning the lies that we believe. And we agree with you. We agree with your spirit of truth. We say, spirit of truth, come. Shine your light in every hidden place where we believe lies about ourselves lies about you, lies about others, that you would give those things an eviction notice, that we would have a divine exchange, that you would give us the truth that makes us free, that, Lord, we can move forward together in faith because we trust you 
and that you are living in us. And we just give you all the glory. And we thank you. We thank you for what you're doing in this church. We thank you that your hand is upon every person. We thank you, Lord, that your name shall be exalted. Your kingdom is coming and has come. Your will is being done and will be done here on earth in every heart. It's our heart, Lord. We say, Lord, disengage us from thinking from our minds and connect us, engage us with your heart, heart to heart. That's all we ask for. We say, here's our heart. Break our hearts for anything, Lord, that breaks yours, anything that would leave us with an orphan mindset, anything, Lord, that would leave us in an unbelieving place. Thank you. We just thank you in advance. We thank you. We thank you. We give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord.